the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So one of the victims of the school shooter in Michigan is a 16-year-old young man by the name of Tate Meyer. Uh, Tate was a high school football player uh, of some considerable ability, and Tate was uh, the guy who once the shooter started firing in the hallway, ran toward him and tried to disarm him and was shot and killed in an effort to save others' lives. I can't fathom that this kind of bravery and sacrifice would be anything but amazingly touching and amazingly demonstrative of the best aspects of humanity. But then, I'm not a crazy leftist like former ESPN sportscaster Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann took to social media yesterday and posted a tweet from Barstool Sports, which was lauding the bravery of Tate Meyer, to say, this is what Olbermann said, this kid died trying to stop a school shooter whose mother echoed the Trumpist fascism of barstool sports. So Keith Olbermann wants to stand on the dead body of a 16-year-old hero to try to create the impression that this young man, Tate Meyer, is an evil person because he's been programmed by his mom, who's been programmed by Donald Trump. He can't view Tate Meyer's actions as sacrificial, brave, courageous. He views them as the product of a flawed, deeply flawed, and dangerous philosophy. And it's interesting that Oberman kind of, kind of tries to pin down the fact that only Barstool Sports is an advocate of Donald Trump and Donald Trump's policies and Donald Trump's positions. Now listen, true confession, I'm not a fan of Barstool Sports. I'm an admirer of their success because I admire success, but I don't admire the path they've taken to get to success. They, they're, they're, you know, they're... <laughs> Look, they view, they view life through a different prism than I do. I mean, Dave Portnoy's in the news a lot for things that I'm, I'm very sure you're never going to see me in the news for. Uh, those are Dave Portnoy's personal choices. I don't approve of those choices. 
but I don't feel like I have the uh, credibility or the standing to impose my life choices on Dave Portnoy or on Barstool Sports. They portray women in a way that I would not want to ever associate my name with. But it's their right to do that. But Keith Olbermann, this is a different level of of awful. To use the death of a 16-year-old boy to try to make a political point, and a stupid political point at that. What, Barstool Sports and Dave Portnoy are the only people who believe that the positions that Donald Trump used or employed or administered or initiated in the White House, Barstool Sports was the only people that thought Donald Trump was right? Half of America thought Donald Trump was right. I I personally believe more than half of America thought he was right on his border policies and on on all these other things. Olbermann doesn't see... At all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Any fascism, any dictatorial tendencies in his own party that wants to what? Force you to get a vaccine. Wants to force you to wear a mask. Wants to violate the laws of the United States of America by letting illegal aliens cram into our country. He doesn't see any any fascism in that. He doesn't see any dictatorial nature in that. He doesn't see any tyrannical stances in that. Because... When the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The light in Keith Oberman is darkness. So I get it. He can't, he's been given over to a depraved mind. His mind does not work correctly. <laughs> he will tell you, oh, he's on a whole different intellectual plane than you or me. But the fact that he doesn't have any empathy, any sympathy, any compassion, for the fact that, okay, so what? This guy's mom was a fan of Donald Trump. So I guess by Keith Overman's tweet, what? She deserves to have her son murdered because her son tried to save other people's lives? So it's Keith Overman saying that this kid was stupid, shouldn't have tried to save other people's lives? And that because he did and he died, you support Donald Trump, mom. You support mom, Donald Trump, dad. You deserve to have your kid murdered at 16 years of age. What kind of level of disconnect from just common human decency does it take for Keith Olbermann to post something like that? And you know that viewpoint is out there widely held, right? Widely held. Now, let's let's examine the career of Keith Olbermann just a little bit, okay? You may not even know Keith Olbermann. Let me tell you a little bit about Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann rose to prominence at ESPN, I'm going to guess, sometime in the 80s. The time frame is not really important. What you need to know is that when Keith Olbermann kind of caught the wave at ESPN, he and another sportscaster named Dan Patrick were all the rage nationally. They, in the heyday of ESPN, were the biggest thing at ESPN. So big, in fact, that the leftists at ESPN didn't like it. And moved those guys out because they thought, ah, these guys are becoming bigger than the network itself. And they were becoming bigger than the network itself. And why were they becoming bigger than the network itself? Because Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick, the way they did their job, the way they narrated sports highlights, was fun. It was not political at all. It was clever. It was creative. 
they became must-watch TV. In those days, they really did a good thing because whether you were Democrat or Republican or black or white or Hispanic or Asian or whatever, everybody could agree that Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick were really, really good at what they did. And whatever people were going through, watching Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick have fun and relate to each other, it was impossible not to have fun with them. Now, since that time, Keith Olbermann has had many, many falling outs with ESPN. And he's made up and he's fallen out. And he's made up and he's fallen out. Keith Olbermann has become a very outwardly miserable, hateful person. I pretty much think his tweet about this young man dying a hero, standing on this young man's dead body to try to make some stupid point about Trumpism, shows you how miserable, irrelevant Keith Olbermann has become. What about his old partner, Dan Patrick? Now, Dan Patrick's not at ESPN anymore, but Dan Patrick's gone on. He's become very, he's he's maintained his level of success. He's got a national show, and he's still having fun. He's still making life fun for the people who listen to his show. I don't listen to his show, but I know he's thriving. And you look at these two people from a 30,000-foot view. Who's living the happier, more contented life? Keith Olbermann standing on his terrace overlooking Central Park, railing at people who won't get vaccinated, won't wear a mask, insinuating the reason they won't do it is because they're afraid. Man, Keith, look in the mirror, dude. Nobody looks more afraid than you. Nobody looks more miserable than you. Nobody looks more imprisoned by what other people do that really has absolutely zero impact on you. Dude, you've made it. You've recognized the American dream. You're rich beyond belief. You're famous beyond belief. And yet you're miserable and hateful and spiteful and so obsessed and gripped by hate that you can't see before you hit send that using the death of a 16-year-old high school student as a tool to demonstrate your own superiority of political thought, you can't see how pathetic that is? And you claim to be like some brilliant, high-minded thinker. You are really, I can't even think of a word to describe you. I'm not trying to insult you. I'm, 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 I'm struck by how empty a life you must really lead. And I'm really um, saddened by the future you're headed for because you have every reason to celebrate America. You have every reason to understand because you've lived it what really makes our country special. And really at the core of what makes our country special is that young men like Tate Meyer have always in moments of great personal danger 
chosen to put that aside and step out into the danger to prioritize the safety of others. They do it in the military. They do it in law enforcement. They do it in high school hallways when somebody walks out of a bathroom with a gun and starts shooting. What they do, what they've done, makes possible the life you have. And yet you're not only not grateful for it, you hate them for doing it. I wish you'd take time to think about that because they certainly deserve at least that from you. Oh, file this under rats from a sinking ship. At least the concept, not literally. Uh, Simone Sanders, a senior advisor and chief spokesperson for Kamala Harris. Here's a question. Here's a question I have before I tell you what Simone is doing. Why does Kamala Harris need a chief spokesperson? I never hear from her. You don't need a spokesperson unless you're heard from often. I don't hear from her very often. And I won't be hearing from Simone Sanders anymore. Uh, She is expected to leave the White House at the end of the year. Simone knows when the ship is going down. Yes, she does. She's probably going to head off to some soft landing spot at some kind of corporate think tank. But she is out. Now, I wanted to go back to the story we led the show with today. We have an indictment on murder charges of the former Franklin County Sheriff's Deputy, Jason Meade, who shot Casey Goodson and Casey Goodson died. Casey Goodson, young black man, shot six times, five in the back. Everybody says, oh, in the back, it's got to be wrong. No, it doesn't have to be wrong. Shot six times, oh, that's got to be wrong. No, that's according to police training. But Jason Meade is indicted on murder charges, and we'll see if a jury finds him guilty. On the same day that this indictment comes down, We have two Columbus police officers heading back from an assignment at a hospital where they were watching an inmate be uh, tended to medically. They stop to assist Franklin County Sheriff's deputies. They're talking to the guy. Mm, He's in a car accident, but nothing too nefarious appears to be going on. All of a sudden, the guy runs. They start shooting at officers. And they shoot back, (laughs) which they will do and should do. And they wound him. Didn't kill him. Wounded him. If they had killed him, well, what's happened to the officer who shot Makai Bryant? Is he back on the job yet? No. Has he been exonerated yet? No. Why not? You know, because Andrew Ginther and the city of Columbus have done everything they possibly can in action and in words to demonize police in this city because they know that it is politically advantageous for them to do so. Story in the dispatch the other day about police response times. Oh, the police are not getting out to the crime scenes as fast as they used to. It must be racist. Hmm. Could it be because we have, I don't know, 300 fewer officers than we used to have? Is that a reason? Yeah, I think that could be a reason. It could also be a reason that police know... If I'm not in as big a hurry to get there as I used to be, maybe the situation will resolve itself and maybe I won't appear on a camera phone and maybe I won't be having my career threatened by what I do that needs to be done in order to do my job. That's a possibility, too. That's a possibility, too. 
So I'm glad these officers are fine from last night. Uh, but I don't know how soon they'll get back to work because it's almost in, it's almost beyond the capacity and the capability of Andrew Ginther, of Zach Klein, the law director of city council led by Shannon Harden, who's just awful as the head of city council. It's almost beyond their capability to ever admit that a police officer firing their gun is justified. It is beyond their ability to admit it. The only admission you get from Andrew Ginther and it's a tacit admission, it's not an open admission, that police response times and the safety of the citizenry is in peril, which, by the way, congratulations, Andy, on another record murder total in our city. The only admission you get from Andrew Ginther that he in his heart knows that police are necessary is that they used to have, like, one period a year where they would recruit police officers. Now they're doing it 12 months a year. Why are they doing it 12 months a year? Pretty obvious, because if you do it only a few months a year like they used to, they're finding that that is not getting enough people to volunteer to be Columbus police officers. And why would people not be volunteering to be Columbus police officers? Because people have a visceral objection to doing a job where they're not supported by their bosses. I think that is an inarguable takeaway. Now, today is a special day, a landmark day. And I wanted to wish my colleague, my producer, my right-hand man, Aaron Light, a happy birthday. Congratulations on your birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, do we dare say anything else about your birthday? I don't want to violate a confidence. I don't want to go beyond the line in equating my appreciation for you. But I certainly want to make available to you the airwaves of Columbus to tell people anything you want to tell them about your birthday today. Or nothing about your birthday, if you want to tell them. Nothing. You don't have to. Um, let's we see can here. leave it there. I'm putting you on the spot. We can just leave it there. Just say leave it there. That's fine. We can leave it there. You could say that I'm less than half of 81. <laughs> yes, you are less than half of 81 today. How many years for you here at the station? Uh, 10, like two days ago. Wow. I didn't know that or yeah. I would have commemorated that. Well, congratulations. It's nice to have you. Oh, I got, I got, a, I got to equate a personal concern. I just stuck my head in your room over there, and I see that your hat on the back says, I'm a warrior, or I'm a Warriors fan or something. You're not a fan of the Golden State Warriors, are you? No, 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 no. Okay. It was a Salem media slogan. Oh, a culture warrior. There you go. Yes, culture warrior. Can people still vote on that? You can. At 989theanswer.com. That's right. Carl Jackson, Ron DeSantis. Through December 10th. Jason Whitlock. Uh, Those are some of the nominees. And uh, I personally nominated... Uh, Amy Gonzalez and Andrea Gross, the two moms who really enlightened me to the horrendous mind-bending instruction at Columbus Academy. And I want to thank them again because what they did awakened me to how awful it is. You say, well, Academy is a private school, Bruce, not an issue for me. No, we since found out it's an issue everywhere. And you have to stay attuned to it. Here's the other thing. I ran into one of the candidates I supported for a local school board office in November, she won. If you supported candidates who won, you got to now show up at school board meetings to empower them to do what you empowered them to do. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.